Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pie Let's go I'm Scott Sidlow I have a trading problem. I am Andrew Hall, and I have a trading problem. I am Chris Burns, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody. I'm saying the words, but I am not the Russ. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Trade Addicts Session 303, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP, if you will, and we shall. I don't know. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. The audio people don't know. So yeah, that's, that's all that matters, right? They should See, be I don't haters. watch podcasts, so you know, I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm just listening. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but hey, before we jump into things, I do wanna kind of address the elephant in the room because you know, as everybody knows, Russ takes a night off here and there. He's a busy guy, he does a lot, he's a family man, and you know, he take he takes a few nights off, but um it's been a couple in a row now. Uh in fact, a few in a row. In one, some may say, a streak here of absences. Um, and so, I mean, you know, I just wanted to point out about four years ago when I initially kidnapped him and took over the show. Uh, <laughs> that is not the case this time. It's actually, um, you know, I, if I could if I could just take a minute to explain real quick exactly you know, what's, what's happening with Russ. And so basically what happened is and so that's, uh, so that's really (laughs) what's going on there with him. And, and, uh, so I'm sure we'll circle back to that later, but, uh, but that's weird. Scott, it felt like your mic muted there for a second. I don't know if, I don't know if that was intentional. What's that? What's that? I think your mic might have muted there for a oh, second. Oh, oh, you didn't uh, didn't catch. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll try it again later. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah. we'll 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 try again in the future. Um. So yeah, that other voice you're hearing is Andrew Hall because you know Rocky is now sick of me already too. So so Rocky jumps <laughs> off, and then that's where you know Andrew jumps in. So Andrew, what's going on, my man? Uh, we haven't been on junkies together in a while, but here we are at trade addicts, right? I know. I'm excited uh, that we're we're kind of back in the saddle for junkies again this new uh, off season. I know you and I are going to be on next week, which I'm looking forward to. But for now, it's just a junkies trade over of addicts. It's just it's it's how we go. It's a it's a trade over. You know what I mean? Like this is how we roll. So yeah, we're uh, we're excited to be here. I'm excited to chat it up with you tonight. And I know you're familiar with our guest because you just had a conversation with him less than a week ago as of recording. So. Should That's be a good right. time. That's right. Yes, yes. Mr. Dynasty Deviant is here with us tonight and uh, a, a veteran of sorts. So not only on Junkies last week, but has been on Trade Addicts before. Um, Chris, welcome back. Appreciate you being here. 
tell the good people where they can find you. First of all, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be back here. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Dynasty Deviant at Twitter or all the socials, really, whichever one you think of, you can find me there. And you can also find me over at fantasyandframes.com where I provide some content on pretty much everything, you know? So like we'll have dynasty, we'll have redraft, we'll have IDP, anything you can think of. I'll probably be talking about it at some point. Yes. My new, my new IDP go-to, I find one like every few months and then I just wear them out with all the DMS until they stop responding to me. And then, you know, I find the next guy. So Chris is, Chris is my next victim for <laughs> IDP. So that, that should be, that should be fun for me, Chris. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Probably not going to be fun for you, but I do appreciate any help you can, you can provide there. Always. All right. Well, uh, we're not going to do the uh, interviewee thing because Chris is a uh, he's a veteran of the show. And uh, I guess technically we're all veterans of the show. So we can kind of oh, jump yeah. right into the news here. Um, you know, we did, we did uh, briefly mention this on Junkies last week. Um, Zay Flowers news. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard any updates on that. If there's anything new. Um, don't think there's going to be anything for a while. Uh, this time of year is probably the best time it could be for something to happen, I guess, if that's kind of a weird way to say that. But I suppose, you know, there's such a long time before the season. So, um, you know, Andrew, we, Chris and I kind of talked about it a little bit last week. So, Andrew, if you want to uh, jump in with any of your thoughts there and if you've heard anything uh, since the initial incident. I haven't heard much at all, and I think you're entirely right. This is probably the best possible time for news to get bad news anyway to get buried about a player because everybody's kind of riding the high of that Super Bowl, and, and everybody had a great – I'm guessing everybody had a great time. Even uh, I did see some videos online of some Niners fans that had to buy new TVs, which is pretty entertaining. But, uh, I mean, I can't imagine getting that upset. But, again, I, what do I know? Uh, the thing I was getting – like, Zay Flowers thing, we don't have all the details yet, like always with these. Like, there's a whole bunch of allegations. None of it's official yet, like from what I've heard. So I usually don't really get too too crazy and kind of overreact or even really react until I know more. But then the other thing is it doesn't really matter for much at all anyway, right? Like, we're, we're at the point of the season where it's as stale as it's going to be for Dynasty, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of valuation changes I'm not sure if this is the kind of news that makes somebody panic sell and maybe you can get them for a discount or if that's something you want to do. I know I love adding risk on certain teams. I need risk where I'm, I'm just really boring and my team is a little bit too flat. I need to add that high upside. Maybe now is a chance to go set an offer. But overall, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm kind of just waiting to see what really happens and, and wait to hear more news and see if it's going to move the needle both in the NFL and Dynasty, really. Chris, do you have anything to add to that? No, I pretty much agree with everything Andrew said. Like um, right now, it's way early in the process. Uh, we don't know much of anything, and there's nothing concrete or <clears throat> anything as of yet. So just got to wait it out to see what happens. Um, like I've said before, I mean, if somebody wants to give me a great value because they're on tilt and they want to like move off of flowers, I will gladly take them off their hands. You know, so it's uh depends on how risk averse you are in Dynasty. And for me, like, you know, I mean, YOLO, let's, let's go for it. So, But, yeah, I have nothing else other than that. Yeah, for sure. The last thing I'll say, and I mentioned this uh, on Junkies, too, is uh, for all legal news, I follow Drew Davenport on That's Twitter, right. at Drew Davenport FF. He's the man. He's uh, he's a lawyer, so he, he breaks it down um, 
from every aspect and uh, tends to give some good, you know, perspective to it. And so I, I generally like what he has to say um, regarding anybody with any anything of that sort. Um, okay. So we talked about some hirings last week. Um, and we'll get a chance to talk about some more here. I definitely want to get your thoughts, Andrew. The, the most recent and the last hire is, uh, Seahawks hiring Ryan Grubb. Uh, my guy, Mike McDonald there taking over as the head coach. He's a defensive guy. He's probably, he may call the defense. He'll build, build the culture and, you know, uh, all the, he'll do his, uh, Harbaugh junior thing. Um, you know, but Ryan Grubb's going to have the full control of that offense, which is, uh, kind of interesting. I have not dug into him yet. I'm excited to, he was the OC at Washington, uh, the last couple of years. So, you know, Michael Penix and all those guys with that passing attack. So that could be really interesting. Um, you know, even with the, with the current personnel that they have. So I, I think that could be interesting. I'm excited to break it down, uh, and see, you know, where we can find some value, but I, I think JSN is probably going to be on everybody's buy list, uh, this non-point scoring season. Um, Chris, let me go over to you first. Do you have any thoughts on, on this? Do you know anything about Ryan Grubb? Have you, uh, looked into that Seattle situation at all? Um, in terms of Ryan Grubb, like I don't know much about him at all, but I'm excited to dig into it and see what his tendencies are. And, you know, like, kind of get a feel for how he likes to think so I can have some type of idea of what he may be bringing to the Seahawks. Um, seems like it'll be good for him. Like I do like McDonald, like uh, hired as the head coach and everything. I think that he's going to put his hand, his thumb, his fingerprint on that defense. And if you've looked at him like last season, he pretty much was the only DC that actually shut down, I mean, slowed down that powerful San Francisco offense. He slowed down like uh, the Rams and everything. So he was definitely somebody that they would need for that division to give them a chance with those juggernauts that are, you know, just putting up points on a weekly. So I'm really excited to see what they do in, uh, in Seattle. I think it's good for football when they're relevant. And yeah, I just really excited to see what they do. And of course, JSN is you know, on everybody's list, everybody was excited about him, you know, back when he was at Ohio state. So it's going to be interesting. Andrew, do you think they're they're going to draft Michael Penix now that, uh, that Ryan Grubbs there, that's, that's all the rage, you know, as soon as they bring in a coach, you have, yep. you have to draft the guy that they coached because that's how football works. It's, it's just that simple, Scott. It's, uh, it's one plus one equals two. We all know the future. It's, it's, I don't know why people freak out about it. It's so obvious. Uh, no, I, part of, part of me says that it makes more sense, of course, to do that, but it doesn't lock it in. Um, I actually was kind of checking while you were talking. I was looking at the NFL mock draft database just to sort of see where things were going. And there have been some drafts already mocking Penix there because of the Washington connection, like, you know, staying in the same area. Like there was already kind of some of that you know, scuttlebutt, so to speak, uh, when there's smoke, there's fire. Right. So like, I tend to think of that as already a little bit of a thing. This now is more smoke, right? Um, I wouldn't be shocked now if they take him at 16, but I think, you know, I said this, I think I said this on junkies at one point where, or even last week I was on trade addicts where it's like, this isn't Madden. You know what I mean? Like we we can't just trade down and get the guy we want and, you know, make all these infinite trades. It's never going to work. 
But I wouldn't be shocked now to see them kind of reach for Penix, which I think is a little bit of a reach for me at 16. But we have a lot of time, a lot of stats, a lot of numbers, a lot of other things to go between now and the draft. So I feel like this is just another pile of smoke in an already smoky room. So I'll kind of wait and and withhold full judgment, but it would be really funny if that was kind of that simple where it's like, oh, they they hired this guy that lock it in. Let's move on. Like, that would be great. It never happens, but that would be great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it was all just that simple, you know, we'd have we'd actually have a lot of new quarterbacks in the NFL. I guess things are kind of lining up uh, that way right now. You know, think about JJ and Caleb and all the, you know, just go down Mm -hmm. the line there. But. Um, Keep you know, it simple, actually, stupid, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, something that I think you guys will find funny, um, Andrew in particular, because you just, you know how much I love Luke Getze. Um, oh, man. so he gets hired in go. Las Vegas, right? Which, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't get it at all. Like he's, well, you're he's probably happy coach. about it because he's out of you. That's all that matters, right? It just, it just, I just don't, I just don't get it. Um, I mean, I, I've watched every player for the last two years. The guy's just, he doesn't know how to run offense. Uh, but Devontae Adams likes him. So there you go, right? There's the connection. Uh, however, however, I'm going to find the silver lining here, okay? And what it is, is this. We saw what Luke Getzey did with Cole Komet. And now he gets Cole Komet plus, otherwise known as Michael Mayer. Basically, they're the they're virtually the same player. I'll take I'll take Michael Mayer slightly. I think he, he's that is the thinnest like, of silver linings I've ever heard but, you bring up. That's a hey, good one. Hey, I I like it. Uh, I'm going. You're doing for the it. Lord's work. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for it. Mike Michael Mayer, you all here to hear first? Let's go. Well, Let's go. I, I do want to say this since we're on the topic for a second. It, it, the whole Devonte Adams thing. I I saw another rumor that obviously Aaron Rodgers is trying to get Devonte Adams to go to the Jets. Like that would be the most Raiders thing ever. Is they let Devonte Adams bring in Getzey and then Adams leaves for New York and then the Raiders are stuck with Getzey. Like, oh my God, that would just be like the funniest, terrible thing ever. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think too the the tweet that I think we all saw this week was only in the NFL. It's like uh, what uh, what qualifications do you have? Well, I've done terrible everywhere I've ever gone, and they're like, "You're hired. I'm you're you're in." Like, I just it's Stand so it, funny man. to me. Yeah, I I don't get it at all. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's always the, the logic of like I always think back to that uh, that that gif or even just in general that scene from Arrested Development. Like it's never worked for anyone else, but it might work for us. That's kind of where I get the impression, you know. I mean, the the odds are at some point something's got to be right. Yeah, somebody's got something in this guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, but I don't want to talk about them anymore. So let's let's not do that. Um, okay. Well, Chris is our guest. He gets to choose. Are we going to go trades first or listener questions first? Which one, sir? Ooh, let's go listener questions first. Okay, very good. We got some good ones tonight, and um, yeah, uh, we we've we've got some good ones tonight. So, I think initially, um, you know, Rocky had or Russ or somebody put out the the original tweet um, asking for some trades you pulled off, asking for any questions you have, and then of course asking for your favorite marvel character which i can't wait to to get into that but let's first go to um let's see 
I, you know what? I'm going to start with Tommy B's just because it's, okay. it's like the hardest question. So I figure let's oh, yeah. get that one out of the way. And then, and then it's all downhill from there. Right. Um, so our friend F, at FF Tommy B asks, uh, how do you counter a quarterback or tight end horde? And to clarify what that's, what he's asking is when, when a, one of your league mates goes, um, QBX or tight end X to the extreme, meaning uh, they get like four of the top six quarterbacks or three of the top four tight ends uh, or even more extreme than that. In some cases, like Tommy's trying to um, (laughs) test this strategy, basically Uh, essentially, you know, how do you counter that? And um, this is something we've kind of talked about a little bit in the past. So I I have kind of my generic answer, but I wanted to see if I could elaborate a little. It's hard to give examples, but um, I really wanted to to get your thoughts on that. Um, Andrew, because I know you know Tommy's line of thinking. So I'm going to go to you first and I'm going to give Chris a minute to let that let that register, you know? Yeah, well, there are a couple of things that come to mind when I hear about this. If you're talking about like in a, in a draft, like active draft, if you're in a startup draft and you notice somebody is drafting heavy on one, uh, you know, do you do you follow and kind of reach for a tight end knowing that there's, you know, potentially a value gap or do you just kind of let it go, assuming everybody's going to struggle? Uh, I always say it, the context of the league is everything. If you think it's going to be an active league and trading is going to be a thing, then I have no problem playing my game while you play yours. We can sort things out afterwards, right? Like I don't mind, uh, you know, just taking the value as it comes to me and just sort of letting them do what they got to do. Generally in startups, I don't react too much, I feel like, to what's going on in the room. Um, obviously, you'd rather be at the start of a, of a run than the end of a run. But at the same time, you really can't predict when those runs happen. So it's kind of like just doing what you think makes the most sense for your team, building a roster that makes sense. I also try to leave a startup with a roster that I like enough that if no trades happen and I'm okay, I don't want to have the, you know, that sitting over me is I have to make a trade before the season. I, I just don't like that feeling. It also lets everyone else know like, Oh, you clearly don't have a tight end. Like I'm going to scalp you for that. Like nobody wants that. Right. No, that's just terrible. So if that's what he's referring to as more of a startup technique or, you know, a startup drafting t- strategy, that's kind of where I go. But the deeper question in a trade sense, since we are in trade addicts, right. If somebody is countering a QB horde, I kind of envision like someone who is a bunch of QBs, is coming at you for a QB, you know, how do you counter that? And again, that's a much more nuanced kind of question. I, I doubt that that's what he's referring to, but just to kind of bring it to a trade show, because we are in trade addicts, right? Um, I, I generally look at, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses are of whatever team I'm trading with. And if it with, and if they've got a bunch of QBs or a bunch of tight ends, then that might be a spot where I can think, well, maybe they're willing to give one up, at, not necessarily at a discount, but let them go easier or without as many back and forth counters or with this, you know, little bit of animosity in a sense, because they know deep down, I'm okay if I give up Sam Laporta because I've got Travis Kelsey, something like that. So I think that it, the, the question is a really good question in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I'm sure Tommy will expound on that on junkies throughout the summer. But uh, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of nuance that makes this question almost impossible to answer because we don't have it. Does that make sense? Like we, we just need to know a little more about exactly what you're looking at. But generally, that's kind of where my head's at. And uh, Scott, again, classic muted. I love it. I'm going to take it down a uh, an approach that I've seen and kind of come back at it that way. But Chris, let's let's go to you next. And I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Okay. So for me, um, 
it really depends on like <clears throat> the league setup and where I'm at and what type of situation. Like uh, if it is a startup, I am paying attention to what I'm doing and I'm trying to build the best team that I can after that draft and then make moves in the season after that. But if I see that a team is really just trying to like bully me by hoarding like a quarterback or tight end and take all those positions, then I mean, I am perfectly okay with them being lava and me putting an embargo on them. And I'm going to make deals with everybody else like in the league and let them sit with the decision that they made to have all these pieces that they can't play. You know, so if you are extremely strong, if you've taken all the quarterbacks or you've taken all the tight ends, then I'm going to build a ridiculously strong team with the other skill positions and let you sit on that. You know, so I'm not going to come to you begging like, please, sir, may I have a tight end? No, I'm going to find somebody (laughs) else in the league and I'm going to make it work because I know when I play you, you cannot beat me because you have four tight ends sitting on your bench. But you have nothing anywhere else because you decided to take the strategy where I'm going to take everybody and you know, then you're going to have to come to me in order to be relevant. Um, when I started playing, uh, it wasn't dynasty, but when I started playing redraft, you know, a guy did this and this is back in the day. He drafted like six straight quarterbacks and he's taken all these quarterbacks and the season before that he did it. And he won because everybody was weak. They were scared. They didn't have the, the, the fortitude to, you know, like, you know, come at them. But, you know, I get in there and I was like, that's silly, you know? So then I kind of, I mean, it's not collusion or whatever, but I kind of, you know, just raised the point to everybody. Like he can't beat us because he can't play anybody else. You don't have to get his quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, so if he gets, if he plays Brady, it was back when Brady was, you know, hot. I'm like, so if he plays Brady, okay, that's fine. But he has no running back. He has no wide receiver. He has nothing else. So my whole thing is, is it's chess. You know, the game's not checkers. So whatever you do, I'm going to put myself in a position to beat you. So, if you think that you can stop me by taking away one position, then guess what? I'm going to have nine others better than you. And odds are I'm going to have a higher probability to beat you. I like yeah, that exactly. logic a lot. Yeah. Exactly. I like what you said there. And um, I'll, you know, I'll kind of take what you both said here. And, and what I'm kind of envisioning is from a couple of angles, you know, number one, having been kind of a QBX proponent myself and and building rosters through the quarterback position, not necessarily a horde. So it's not quite the same, but the basically the worst thing you can do is wait me out. If you just wait me out, just like Chris said, if you don't, if you don't trade for him, eventually, guess what? Sam Howell's going to drop off. Yeah, he had a good season, but I never started him because I had better quarterbacks and I wasn't able to trade him, so now he's pretty much a dead asset or trading him for very little. So, um, you know, I'm thinking of Tommy, especially this last season, getting opportunities to trade possibly buy low on guys like Kyler and Burrow and Herbert, you know, top quarterbacks that got hurt that he was able to buy at a discounted price. And now going into this season, if he's sitting on four or five of those guys, that's going to be interesting because you're going to be at a disadvantage every week. And so how do you counter that? And I think, Chris, you're exactly right. You become Rocky is what you do, yeah. uh, you know, and you, and you build up those other positions. And so you, you have to then make, you have to make a decision and pick your path and say, okay, am I going to, um, am I going to go buy all the Devonte Adams types and try to put as much points in my lineup as I can and try to beat you that way? or 
Am I just going to say, you know what? Let me let me unload a couple of these guys. I'll let those dudes fight you over, you know, the next season. And I'm just going to kind of wait for a year or two because eventually things are going to change, right? Eventually now quarterbacks, some of them could be around a long time. Sure. But, you know, we've seen these guys kind of come and go. We've seen the rise. We've seen the fall, um, you know. So, hey, uh, waiting, waiting you out is kind of the best strategy that uh that you have and and i mean yeah if you're a competitive team and and that happens against you it's it's probably going to be tough to beat but hopefully you've built a, a deep roster across multiple positions and you can find some other way or maybe if you built a quarterback horde i'll build a tight end horde or vice versa like maybe i'll just have to match you at you know whatever position is scoring the most points in that league uh and and try to counter you that way but i think you know, there's a lot of context, like you said, Andrew, that we would need to to really figure out exactly what we would do. But I think kind of those are some different ways that, um, you know, th- at the end of the day, just wait, wait them out, man. Just wait them yeah. out. Because well, things one change. Other thing, yeah. One other thing, too, is there was a, I think it was two years ago now I was in a startup and there was a, there was one team that did like four quarterbacks out of their first seven picks. And another team I mean, that did three, three tight ends out of their first seven picks. So there were like two different teams hoarding two different positions. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, this is going to be an interesting league. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly how the league went from there. It, uh, I, I ended up leaving the league uh, this season, so after my second season. But it definitely did balance out before the season started, which I thought was interesting that, you know, we did the, the startup in May. You know, like you tend to see a lot of startups happen right after the rookie draft. And uh, I was excited. I was like, let's go in. I was adding leagues at the time. And I have now since trimmed it way back because that got to be too much for me. Uh, And no shame in leaving leagues. As as Russ says, you know, if it's not the right league or you can't handle it, I'd rather an active manager than a non-active manager. But all that aside, I remember thinking to myself, well, this is going to be an interesting league. And before the season started, we had had 30 trades and it didn't matter. Right. So I think sometimes, too, it can be it can be. analysis paralysis almost right where you're looking at it like man now i'm really worried like don't panic there's a lot of season left this draft is not the end all be all don't draft Chigakonko in the eighth round because he's the best tight end available do you know like that's not the plan here take you know the chris godwin who fell in the seventh you know like take one of those guys that you're like i'm surprised he's to take that guy take the value you can always trade for need and i know russ says that it's been one of my you know big messages all the time is draft for value trade for need and this is exactly what that's about so i think we're all kind of hitting the same thing like don't freak out don't panic that's the number one rule right and then also just just be liquid you know don't be afraid to change your strategy or you know pay attention to the draft but don't freak out either there's you have to be a little bit of both so that's kind of how again i think we're all giving the same generic advice where it's like you know just think man you're okay and I will say, I was thinking of it from a startup position, but when, uh, Scott, when you were saying, like, he was doing this when quarterbacks got injured in the season or whatever, and he's just, yeah. that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because this is the time of year where everybody wants to have the best-looking roster in February, you know, you know, so you really could unload those guys when people have season fatigue and not really paying a lot of attention. That is brilliant, actually. I didn't think about it from the back end. I was just thinking startup. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's, uh, you know, Tommy's next level. So like I said, yeah. you know, last week, he's he's just way too smart for me. So I'll probably just have to lose that league or maybe I'll just leave. That's it. That's it. That's there what I'll go. do, Tommy. I'm just yeah. going to leave. OK, you can you could take your quarterbacks and go home. OK, I'm out. Um, <laughs> all right. Next, Frank. 
our guy Frank. Garrett Wilson is immensely talented. We all know that. But there is a risk Adams is coming to New York to be with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, Frank. Luke Getze, the ultimate Magnetron. Um, so are you trading Garrett Wilson if someone still sees him as a top 10-ish dynasty wide receiver or riding this out to see what happens with Adams? Um, for me, simple answer. He's the top 10 wide receiver. I don't care about Adams or any other personnel or any other changes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with him. I, I will be buying him if I can, where pretty much wherever I can. So don't, don't care about, don't care about all the other stuff. Well, especially if there's a discount, right? Like if this happens, I would imagine that the Garrett Wilson manager could be panicking and saying, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. If I roster Wilson, I'm definitely holding. But I mean, the logic would be if if you roster Wilson, let's not freak out. That's kind of the idea too, right? Like I don't think we need to panic. I do think he has the potential to be a top 10 receiver. We saw glimpses of it this season, even with a, you know, kind of crappy all around quarterback room there. But just in general, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, He's going to come back with a chip on his shoulder because he was born that way. Um, but also, he's going to make sure that Garrett Wilson gets his, even if Devontae Adams is there. So I'm, I'm not really worried at all if that happens. If anything, that would could even help him, you know, like a Chase Higgins kind of combo or a uh, Hill-Waddle kind of combo, right? Like that would just be a dynamic duo that would be great for fantasy. I 100, uh, 100% agree. And I was immediately thinking of Waddle, you know, with that whole yeah. scenario, whatever. I don't know why. I mean, he just popped in my head. But, I mean, yes. Because, I like why I thought of Chase and Higgins. It's the same logic, right? Yeah, I got you. I like how you think. <laughs> I mean, mm. if, if you look at it or whatever, right, I mean, if you're selling Wilson at this point, then, like Andrew said, you're selling him at a discount probably. Like, his price is, like, low. So you're not, you know, selling high on him. You're getting, like, you know, pennies on the dollar. And who, like two wide receivers are great. Like, you know, when they have a quarterback that's competent and everything. So even if Adams comes, like I actually want Wilson more to be honest with you, because, mm-hmm. yep. you know, with Adams, he's going to get that rolled over coverage or he's going to get like, you know, the top corner that follows people. And if you have Garrett Wilson going against like your secondary or tertiary, like coverage guy, I mean, look out like, and then Rogers, if he is remotely close to what he was three years ago, then it could be sustained. But yeah, I'm keeping him and I'm actually, you know, actively trying to buy him as well. So yeah, I wouldn't worry about Adams at all because it's a hypothetical. It might not ever happen. Like what yeah. if you let him go and it doesn't happen, Adams doesn't come and he goes off and now you're sitting there like, I wish I hadn't done that. But you know, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Frank says two twenty four first or Garrett Wilson. And if we're just saying random first, I'll take Wilson. Um, okay. He's saying five and seven. Um, mm. okay. Five. I like top six, top six pick. I like to have, um, but you know, I mean, seven could be, it could be anything. It could even be another Garrett Wilson. I mean, I, I, just I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm still taking Wilson there. If one of those is a top three pick, being Marvin Harrison and I get something on top or, you know, Caleb or whoever ends up being QB two, then I'm interested. And what about just one Oh two or Garrett Wilson straight up? Probably going to take one Oh two in most cases. I would say the same. Yeah. For value. I think Garrett Wilson has enough question marks that he's probably not worth the one Oh two. Maybe the one Oh three is where it gets a little wonky, but if it's the five and the seven, 
I might lean the picks, but again, it depends on my team build too. If I'm, you know, one piece away and I've got these two draft picks, then I'd probably go Wilson. If I'm not contending at all and I'm really looking to to add more risk and add more upside, then I take the picks. Because again, I not that I would just said I like Wilson, but I, you know, five and seven could be two guys that really matter a lot for the future of my my franchise. If I don't have any running backs, I'll probably take the picks, right? Like if I've got running backs locked in, I've got my quarterbacks, I'm good to go. And I'm just one receiver away from like making a difference and being the best team in the league. And I've got these two picks. I'll send those for Wilson. Sure. Yeah. That's a good question though. That's good. That's right in the value. Well, and I'm, I'm just pulling up trade addict scoring and, you know, Garrett Wilson was at 13 points per game, which was wide receiver 30 which, you know, probably feels about right, considering that cluster of quarterbacks that they they had this season. Um, but all you have to do, I mean, you know, another catch for 15 yards and all of a sudden you're, you know, wide receiver 14. So, sure. uh, you know, that doesn't seem too hard to do if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, right? Uh, you know, regardless of other personnel, whether it's Adams or whether they, you know, T. Higgins or whether they draft somebody or, who, you know, whoever it is, um, I don't mind. And and honestly, you guys are using recent examples because we see them right now. But I actually think it's a little bit more old school than that. I, I would see it more of like a, a Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison or like, a, you know, Demarius Thomas, like Peyton Manning on the Broncos situation with all those receivers supporting all those guys. That's what I see Aaron Rodgers doing in that offense. If he's trying to come back, you know, full on. And yeah, sure. He has Brees Hall and all that. But you can bet you're going to, it's going to be hard to stop Aaron Rodgers from throwing. If he's healthy, he's going to want to prove it, you know? Yep. For sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. So yeah. Uh, Herm says uh, that his trades are being covered on the show, meaning that he made some trade addicts trades. So we'll get to those in a little bit. Yep. Um, he does say his favorite MCU character is Spider-Man, but he doesn't specify which actor. So I, he technically answered the question, but you know, I didn't get enough context there to really, you know, agree. Well, technically though, the question was, I read it as which character is your favorite and Spider-Man is all three of those. He he answered the question. Yeah. I'm saying like he he didn't need to be more specific. That was a great answer. I, I, I understand. However, knowing Herms, how his brain works and the fact that he added this onto it, I, I was kind of expecting a little more, but so he Fair. says my fun reason for Russ being gone is that he's trapped in an oil painting and now Rocky is also missing because he tried to go help <laughs> Russ and he also got trapped in the oil painting. So, um, yeah, obviously if you're listening it. earlier, you heard why Russ is, is gone. But, uh, if you missed it, you know, go, go back to the beginning of the show and, and get your Russ update. Um, yeah, no, so. just Russ is Russ is taking a well-deserved break. We don't need to cause any stirs. <laughs> the painting world is okay. But listen, the, the it's, paintings it's, are okay. The paintings I, are, I, no, I think it, no paintings were harmed. In the a, story that I was going to say was like, I think Russ is going to law school or something that's going to just take a lot of his time and he just doesn't have time for fantasy anymore. Something crazy because that would be awesome, but also yeah. very improbable. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that trapped in oil painting, that makes total sense. Yeah, it's a Disney movie. It sounds exactly like something Russ would do. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Without, without a doubt. Um, at DFF underscore S Jonathan O2 says Iron Man, easily the mm. coolest, most savvy. And at the end of the day, the guy who would make the sacrifice play. So yes, uh, that is, that is it. You know, I, I will say that, 
you know, you're talking, you're sitting around with your group of friends, you know, you're playing poker, you're having some drinks or you're out, whatever. And, and you kind of, you know, look around, and you're like, which, which Marvel character, you know, oh, you would be, you would be him. You would be him. Yeah. Yeah. Who, well, who would I be? So my friends did say I would be Iron Man. So I thought that was not only the greatest compliment I've ever received, but also probably the worst insult ever. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what friends are for. So I think that that works out. I like it. I like it. Um, I will say while we're on the topic, I think kind of the, like, you know, like the cool, like hipster thing to say is like, uh, you know, star Lord is like my favorite Mm. or something, but like, you know, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm going to go with the actual funny one. And I'm going to go with that raccoon thing, rocket or whatever, because that dude is hilarious. And I mean, pretty much every scene with him is hilarious. Great character. You know, obviously not one of the big ones, but very, very much enjoyable. Yeah, that's a good answer. At Ginger Beardman. Okay, let's see. We got two trades here. That's a great one. Ginger Beardman. That's very, very clever. He was just on Junkies a couple of weeks ago. Great guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Here's a Garrett Wilson one for you, Frank. We're sending Anthony Richardson... Garrett Wilson, Puka Nakua, and the 304 for the stack of Hertz, Brown, and a late first being the 110. So Richardson, Wilson, Nakua, Hertz, Brown, 110. Chris, I need a definitive answer. A definitive answer. Wow. Like, I like the trade. I do like the trade. But as for me, I personally would want to be on the Anthony Richardson side um, just because like right now, like if Richardson stays healthy, I'm thinking that rushing upside and the fact that he is getting, you know, those touchdowns kind of like hurts us, but he rushes the ball more, which, you know, it's going to offset that Garrett Wilson and Puka Nakua, like, I mean, those are two young like studs, I think right now. And AJ Brown, he's a beast at it to himself, but you know, he's getting up there a little bit. I really feel that that whole magic in Philly is changing right now, and it just seems really, really weird. Like, I don't know if the Brown and Hurts are going to remain best friends, you know, after, you know, you see them arguing on the sideline a little bit. Like, who knows? And then with the 110, but, yeah, give me the the Wilson-Richardson side um, just because I feel like I have, like, more, like, a long-term, like, you know, deal with it. And it's – I know Richardson – he was in and out like all season until he was like put on IR or whatever. But I still like the just potent firepower that that possesses, you know, and then we've seen with the Brown and Hurts this year where there could be games where they kind of disappear a little bit. And I don't know if it's just my like, like just, I don't like Steichen. <laughs> I mean, that's Steichen. I don't like Sirianni. I don't like Sirianni. Yes. So I don't know if that's clouding me a little bit, but give me the other side. But Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's there. He's the savior. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's going to be an interesting mesh. That is going to be fascinating how they run that offense. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, do you guys me, think? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it, it's – I don't know. In the past, I probably would have been more like the hurt side, but I don't know. I think I can do more with the Richardson side. Um, 
you know, because Puka is, is just a guy that like everybody wants to get their hands on. So I probably, you know, I could flip him. Um, you know, I, I guess it just depends. You could maybe even look at this as like a competing versus maybe a retooling as opposed to not necessarily rebuilding, but let's say, Hey, let's get a little younger, you know, from AJ Brown. Um, but that side gets a late first, which is probably another receiver anyway. I don't know. It's, it's a good, it's a good deal. It makes sense to me value wise, but I probably nowadays I'm leaning towards the Richardson side though. Granted, I'd be looking at that from a cascading standpoint, probably be trading Richardson and Puka. So really just getting here. Wilson and then you are in need an addict, whatever else yeah, I well need. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, mine would, I'm on the same side. I think as, as both of you really, I, I really like the, the Nakua Wilson side. Um, I think it's probably got more upside and maybe more downside. You know, it's got a wider range of outcomes. That being said, the Hertz Brown stack is kind of fun. I get why people want that. I've got a couple of those. It just makes it more of, you know, explosive. Your whole team tends to benefit and not benefit at the same time. And it's sort of like, you know, it's a little bit like a mod upgrade on a weapon. It's like, oh, that's kind of fun, but it doesn't always work, right? Um, you still have to hit the target, right? So the fun thing here, though, is that 110, and, and that's kind of, to me, the the slight difference maker. As we're heading into rookie season, everybody's looking at rookie picks and, and what their value is going to be. I mean, if I'm breaking this down, and I'm just going to kind of throw away the 304 because I don't think it really moves the needle enough. But if you're telling me, like, Puka Nakua and Garrett Wilson for A.J. Brown – that feels a little heavy, right? Well, AJ Brown and the first and late first for those two receivers seems pretty even to me in a sense. Like I get the logic, but I'd still rather the two players because like you were just saying before, 110 could be Puka Nakua, right? Uh, I mean, 110 last year was Zach Charbonnet, right? Like we, we see a whole bunch of players that don't pan out. I'd rather have the two players. So even if you're going on those as values, and then again, you got Richardson and Hertz. Richardson is rising and Hertz is kind of not tumbling or falling, but just not rising. That's for sure. Um, I think, too, I've said this before on, on another show somewhere where I'm more concerned about Hertz because of Kelsey leaving than anything else. Like his center switch is going to be different. That brotherly shove is going to be a little trickier to pull off. So I wouldn't be uh, shocked, I guess, if they don't do that play as often as they have in the past. So I'm kind of temp- tempering my expectations for Hertz a little bit and just sort of saying, eh, I, don't know. I don't know if he's really a top five quarterback I want. And I know there are some leagues where I can get him and and I've got offers for him. I think in in one of the junkies leagues, even Rocky and I are trying to work out a deal, but I, I really like Richardson, even though we only saw a little bit of him, he could be the next Lamar Jackson. He could be the next, you know, Jalen hurts. And so again, to your point, Scott, if you're rebuilding or retooling, uh, you can do more with Nakua Wilson and Richardson. All three of those guys are, you know, rising assets that everybody seems to want and Hertz and Brown are kind of the uh, old hotness that nobody wants to play with anymore. So I get the reason for the trade. I don't hate the value, but I lean the Wilson Richardson Nakua side and that three or four. Sure. I'll trade that anyway, but yeah, I, I like the, uh, those players more than the Eagles, the Eagles. Okay. Next trade that he did here was um, Trey McBride, the 107, the 202 and a 25 second. And received Travis Etienne, TJ Hawkinson, the 204, and the 301. Uh, Andrew, I'll go right back to you on that one. 
Yeah, so I, I really like McBride. I think he's got a lot of upside as a young tight end. But to me, he's pretty close to Hawkinson. I, I feel like they're not terribly far apart. They're both in that tight end two tier. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, right in that second chunk of tight ends that I'm, I'm not hating either of them. But then for me, it becomes the, you know, the 107 and the seconds kind of wash out a little bit. But the 107 for ETN. I might want that 107, and I, th- I think there's some logic there, too, in draft season. We don't really know who all is going to go where and who's going to land what and whose RAS scores are going to go through the roof at the combine. Like We've got a lot of time to figure that out. I feel like I'd rather get the 107 than, than ETN because I feel like that value is going up, and I don't generally like running backs. So, I mean, again, I, I like McBride and Hawkinson close enough that I'd break that tie and take the 107. And again, I like ETN. I've acquired him a couple places, but not at that cost. So, unfortunately, Richard, on both of these trades, I like the sides that you sent, but that doesn't mean they were bad trades. If you enjoyed the process, then it was a trade win in my book. That's always what I say. Like, you, you can get roasted some places. That's not what I'm about. You made the trade with what made sense to you, and you have different evaluations. I'm not right. I'm just giving you my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I probably lean the 107 McBride side there. But, it's again, it's pretty close. Yeah, and, I mean, we're missing some context here. How many starters and tight end premium and all that. So I'm adding my own context and just well, that's <laughs> thinking fine. it's start 11 and 1.75. So, I mean, I agree with you. McBride and Hawkinson value-wise feel right about the same for me. But in trade addict scoring, it was over a five-point-per-week difference. I mean, so it's pretty, pretty drastic. Now McBride, when he was getting the volume was, was there. And then obviously Hawkinson's got the injury, right? So you kind of have a little bit of a wash. If that 107 was the 106, that's like the breaking point for me. Now, eventually, or ultimately what we usually see happen, because it's February, is that, you know, somebody will move up and kind of maybe lock that in that top seven but also somebody could fall out too right so yep. um i'm still sticking my line is at 106 so this the seven is a little bit so i kind of like cashing in mcbride here and the 107 to to get those pieces um you know having well, said let, that let me, i'm let looking me, at trade this. scoring yeah, let me let me give you a question here though since you're talking about this do you feel like you could make this exact same trade with 107 on the clock yeah, well, I mean, if you're just saying, Couldn't yeah, you get can more I, than this, even I get ETN the for the 107. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So and I don't even want part, ETN to be honest. Well, with right. You, so, right. So yeah, part of me is yeah. like, why make this trade right now? That sure. pick is going to be ascending in value. Like, so part of me is like, again, I say this a lot on junkies, like why make the trade today? If you're looking to make a win in week 10, because you need it to advance to the playoffs, you make that trade for the player, right? We don't need points for six months. Right. Like we don't need points till we're almost seven months. Like we're, we're, you know, I'm not worried about points at all. So I'd much rather have the pick. And then what's really funny too is 107 gets on the, pl- on the clock. You make the same trade plus a 25 second or take out the 25 second. I mean, it, it's, I just feel like you're, you're kind of giving a little value away. But again, we don't know how the negotiations went. This might have been the, the best compromise where both parties felt, you know, unhappy and this is the best they could do. I've made yeah. a couple of trades like that where I put them on Twitter and everybody hates it. I'm like, man, that's the best I could do. And I just wanted to make a trade. You know what I mean? Like I had that itch. I need to scratch, you know? <laughs> well, and again, missing context. We don't, this could be, of you course. know, uh point four uh RB PPC for Jacksonville running backs and like negative <laughs> point six for everyone else. I mean, we don't, we don't know that. We don't know. 
So I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, Chris, you want to give your thoughts on that real quick and we'll, uh, wrap up these listener questions. Yeah. For me, I want the, uh, the McBride side and it's kind of like what Andrew said, like that one Oh seven, like I will take that right now because I honestly believe that I can get more for that when it comes to draft time. You know, once, you know, the underwear Olympics are over and people, you know, get their rookie hopes, you know, cause they saw a guy catch a ball like, uh, in OTAs then they're going to be clamoring for it. And I think I could do more for it, but, um, you know, like Richard, great guy, loving the death, even though he yeah. laughed at me when I said I wanted to be a lounge singer in Vegas, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go on the other side. Uh, that's good. Someone's got to do that job, right? Yeah, exactly. Love it. Totally, totally agree. Um, okay. So I did, we, we can't wrap up listener questions until I hear who your favorite Marvel characters are. Both of you. I need them. I need them. Well, if you're looking at the entire MCU, like going back all Nobody's the way to limits. the beginning, oh, no. yeah, I, I, well, there are so many different fun characters. Uh, I, I can't help but like Wolverine, and so I'm really kind of counting it as this new, you know, Deadpool and Wolverine. We just saw this uh, trailer yeah. come out. I'm, I'm gonna kind of leap a little forward and just assume that that the Hugh Jackman Wolverine is part of the. MCU through these uh, the time paradoxes that we're going to see, and then kind of that's how they're going to introduce the X Men. So I'm going to go with that. Although if you're going to just count the MCU as a as a thing, I've always liked Hawkeye because I feel like he doesn't really have any superpowers, and that quip he had in uh, in Age of Ultron was really good. Like I'm just a guy shooting bows and arrows. Like I don't have you know what I mean. Like I'm not special, and I just I just totally identify with that guy because it's just like yeah I got nothing I'm just trying really hard you know what I mean like so I've always liked Hawkeye in the MCU but it would be Wolverine now technically even though the movie isn't out yet. <laughs> fair fair point, Chris. Wow me, wow me, Chris. So for me initially, like at first I was thinking Rocket, you know, because I love him like. He is that guy that, especially in that one where he was like telling Winter Soldier, he's like, "How much for the arm?" He's like, "You're not, you can't have my arm." He's like, "Well, I'm gonna get that arm." Like I felt yeah. him on that one. Like I love that guy. But since you've already mentioned Rocket, I'm gonna go completely different. Wanda. There like, you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, because like she is extremely powerful. Like you saw in WandaVision, all the stuff that she did oh, or whatever, you know. And it. she's slightly crazy, which is. I don't know why that just, you know, I like it, That's but uh, <laughs> I would have to go Wanda just because of the sheer like powerfulness that she has. And that uh, if you're smart, you should be scared of her. Absolutely. I love it. That's fantastic. Makes that, sense. That is excellent. What a way to wrap up listener questions. Thanks to everybody who submitted those. Love you guys. The show's amazing because of that. And uh, finally on to trade addicts trades. And we're going to go right over to TA6. We have three trades in TA6, three trades in TA10. Um, off the top of my head, Trade Addicts Leagues are 12 teams, Superflex, 1.75 PPR, start 10 or 11. And uh, these all have 0.05 for return yards. So first trade, TA6. Big boy trade, Josh Allen and... Michael Wilson for Kyler Murray, Tank Dell, and a 25 first. Big Chris, I'm coming right sure. back to you right there. All right. Um, so for me, like looking at this trade, like I like the trade because I feel like I can argue for both sides of it. 
But um, for me, in a dynasty or whatever, like I really just like to have a corner, um, like quarterback. You know, that's just how I like to build my teams. And I kind of feel that for Josh Allen right now, I felt like I feel like I could get a little bit more than you know the Kyler, the Tank, and the twenty-five first. I mean, but it's it's a good trade. It really is. And I, I mean, I understand the purpose of doing it. Um, like, I mean, that's a stack side right there with the Kyler and Tank if he performs the way that he did, like in his rookie year. And then that 25 first, it's open-ended. So, you know, it's hope it could be whatever. And Josh Allen, you know what you're going to get. Michael Wilson, it'll be interesting to see, like, what happens with that offense, you know, like going forward. But uh, for me, I think I like the Josh Allen side a little bit. But I think it's a great trade because I honestly could make a legit argument for both sides. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that really, you know, helps the cause there. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well done. We'll try. We'll try. Love it. Well, so I'll just jump in with mine and I, I kind of agree with your logic. I think that's a fair price for Allen. Uh, I think I'd be, I probably, depending on the team would be willing to give up on Murray and, and the question marks he's got tank Dell obviously got injured and, and that shouldn't impede him too much, but sometimes it does. It takes a little bit of the sting out, you know, a little bit of that upside. And then that 25 first, like you just said, could be anything. And it's just another trade chip. If you're looking to consolidate your roster, and now's a good time of year to look into that, where you're looking at IRs no longer being a thing, and taxi squad, maybe you're having to promote people. I know there are some leagues where, you know, four taxi squad spots, and they're all going to be on my roster, and I don't have any any draft picks to fill in there, but I'm like, well, then I need to start trading for something to put on my taxi squad, right? So there could be a couple of different trades that you're looking at, or a couple of different, you know, reasons for a trade. In in terms of pure value, though, I do think the value is probably on the Murray side because I don't think his gap from Allen is that much, uh, at least as much as Dell and a first. So for me, if you're going for value and just not worrying about your roster, which, again, now is the perfect time of year to do that, I'd probably lean the Murray side. But if you really want to, you know, roster bait, so to speak, and just want to look at your roster and look at Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes on your roster or Josh Allen and Joe Burrow on your roster, like, and just looking at that and going, man, I'm going to wreck it this year. Like that's, that's kind of fun. So I get the logic there too. And again, I think it's a pretty even trade. It just kind of depends on what your team build is. So this, this is a fun trade. This is a it fun is. trade. A good one. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a trade that makes sense uh, from a process standpoint. I totally, I totally get it. I mean, generally when you can tear up to that elite player, uh, I want to do so. Um, and also if you need to tear down and, and add some points to your lineup, this, this makes a lot of sense. My issue is the players themselves, just because I don't necessarily believe in Kyler and like Tank Dell, as much as I love that dude and just love watching him play. I just, I, he's such an outlier for me. Um, so process wise, yes, good. Uh, either, either side, you both win. Um, but personally, I, if, if I have Josh Allen, I probably wouldn't be able to pull the, I I wouldn't be able to click accept for that. Um, but again, that's just me personally, my personal preference on the players. Um, you know, there's a little over five points per game difference between Allen and Murray, so Dell and a first absolutely make that up. So that it's again, it's totally fine. The return is is good. Um, I just I feel like, and I think Kyler's a year younger, so um, you know I'll take that too. Uh, I, I don't know. It to me, I keep thinking of like games played 
or maybe games missed might be the other way to say that, you know, and I, yep. I don't know, man, Allen for whatever reason has been like Superman out there and let's not jinx that, but, uh, <laughs> but these other two, not so much. So I, I think that's where I struggle. Um, I would, I would definitely do the Kyler side. I would trade that away, but I don't think I could click except if I was Allen. So that's how I'll determine the winner there. Um, next trade is my boy right here. Cole Komet for Calvin Ridley and a little juice on top, the 309. You throw in a third, and that's how trades get done. You, um, you know, that one's easy for me. It's Cole, it's Cole Komet. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be Russ tonight, so I'm supposed to be all about Ridley, so don't tell him. <laughs> all right, we're not going to tell him that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so Cole Komet or Ridley in the 309. I'm, I'm sticking with Komet. Chris, what about you? <clears throat> yeah, for me, it's easy Komet. Um, Ridley, I, yeah, sorry, Russ, but I mean, I'm all the way out on Ridley. I really am. Um, so I think that's a good return. Like, but yeah, I want commit, you know, in that trade, um, and then get a little bit on top that I can do something else with easy for me. I'm the same. Yeah. I take commit in a tight end premium league. And I think that, uh, especially with, uh, TA scoring Ridley doesn't really move the needle for me. If I'm starting Ridley, something has gone horribly wrong in my room because again, in, in t- uh, trade addict scoring, you only need to start one at each position. So like if you're, if you're having, and then the rest are flex, right. But if you're looking right. at Ridley right. as your, you know, ninth best player, I think commit could outscore Ridley straight up. And I get the point. Obviously he you does. need to get that third last year. Yeah. Well, of course. And I, I think that happens again, right. Even with the, the change that could be happening in, in Chicago, I, I just, I feel like commit is turning that corner and tight ends tend to do that. We'll see, but I'd rather have commit and I'm fine giving up Ridley and the question marks around him and the third, which might not be anything. We don't know. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. It's a fair trade again, but I, I lean commit for sure. I, I will mention that Ridley has a, a kicker from the trade. If he resigns in Jacksonville, um, I think the I think their draft pick increases essentially. So mm. Atlanta would get the second round pick from Jacksonville. Do you think they're going to sign Ridley and give up that second round? Pick? I just, I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, I just don't move. see it at all. Um, I don't think him and, and T Law were on the same page often, except for like two games. They seem to be like sharing a brain, and then the rest of the time they they didn't even know they existed in the same uh, multiverse, right? So, yeah, just real real <laughs> yeah. strange, real strange there. I don't. Well, and they just paid Kirk a ton of money too, right? Like I can't yeah. see them like signing Ridley also. Yeah. I and Ridley wasn't bad, but he wasn't. He great. didn't. He didn't know. take that offense to the next yeah. level. And so I just don't think you can pay a guy, especially in this class when they're so, it's just so deep at receiver. I think you can just, not that you can find another Calvin Ridley, but you can find the you production can find another or Calvin profile Ridley, yeah. or, you know, at, at this age, at this stage of his career. Um, ah, a little apropos here from earlier, JSN for 225 first and the 210. So 225 first, random first. Don't know what they are, where they are. No context on that. J for JSN. That is uh that's a lot to give up for him, actually, at this point, even though I think he's worth it. But that's that's uh that's a lot, Chris. What do you think? Um I mean, looking at it like uh on its face, I initially am thinking like, yeah, that is a lot to give up for JSN. But at the same time, it really depends on like your team makeup and what your plan is and what you're trying to do. So if I'm in a position where I'm the one that is actually trading, trying to get JSN, I'm thinking that, all right, I have two years to make up those two firsts that I just gave away, <clears throat> you know, and 
I feel like I could do that. Like I could use JSN right now in 2024 where those first aren't scoring any points for me. And if he ascends, then maybe I can flip him for a little bit more and get some of that value back and just keep on trading that to extend my point scoring till that 2025 season. Or, um, you know, if I'm just like, all right, I'm seeing right now that I'm coming to the end of my road right here and it's time for me to like go in a different direction and acquiring those 25 first is easier to get than acquiring 24 first right now. You know, so I could actually see that. So it really depends on where I'm at and my mindset. Like I could be on both sides of those, but for me right now today, like I want JSN just because I feel that, you know, if this offense is going to shape up the way I think it might be based on how the new OC did when he was at Washington, then all right, I kind of want a piece of that. Plus I'm still scoring points. Um, But yeah, but if I'm like, all right, it's time for me to look to the future, then yes, I could definitely, you know, see myself, you know, acquiring those first, but give me JSN. Oh, as as much as I want to buy JSN, I don't think I give all that up for him. I mean, the Man. thing is, you're really buying into him. Like he has to hit for this to make sense. Because my whole thing with why JSN's a buy is because there is a really strong probability that whatever we're paying for him right now <laughs> is maybe the lowest he'll be for the next how many years, right? Like that is very possible that if we look at him as a prospect and hopefully this new offense that he's going to smash for the next few years. Like I really believe that, but I, I don't want to pay that value right now because mm-hmm. um, you're also giving up a second two on top of it. So I don't believe in, in my player evaluation enough to say like, I'm that confident that I'm giving up. I mean, two twenty five first and the two ten. I think I can go get somebody who's already doing it. So that's, that's probably the, the challenge I have there. Um, however, Chris, you did say, you know, if I have the assets right now and I'm competing and I'm trying to add that other, that, that other piece, and I do believe in him, I I can understand it. It just, I, that's, those are not the trades I've been seeing for JSN recently. So I didn't think you had to pay that much. If that's the case, I will not be buying him. Uh, you know, Andrew, what about you? I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I, I would send JSN for this kind of a haul. I mean, even if they're 25 picks, um, you know, and, and you're obviously you're sending away, uh, you're getting, I'm sorry, you're getting a, a late second. You're still getting something this year. Uh, but yeah, JSN could be great. Don't get me wrong, but I would much rather take the picks and then wait a year and, and miss out on JSN if he's gold and have those picks to play with and, and get something that's a little bit more certain for my lineup. But again, I don't hate the trade. It's just, I, I just think 25 picks are going to be worth something too. And if you can afford to, to give up the player and put that money into a savings account instead of, you know, putting it on your roster, I think that's not a bad way to do it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too, though, Scott. I like buying JSN, but not at this price. If it was like, a, let's say, the 108 and the 210 for JSN, I'd probably go JSN, right? If it's a 107 and higher, I'm probably taking the pick. But I don't mind one first, even if it's a 25. I don't mind one 25 first and the 210. I'd probably go JSN there. But two of them, ah, man, those are going to be – those could be nice. They're going to accrue in value. You know, No matter what my team is like, I probably lean the picks there. Well, and I think this is what makes trading go around because, you know, mm-hmm. th- this is a player. It's a player take versus a process take. And I will mm-hmm. just never pick the player in that case because almost never. Yeah, I will say I, almost, I just, just I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. How often yeah. am I right on the players? You know, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to believe in the process and I'm going to stick with that. So, 
Uh, yeah, player versus process there. I like it. Let's move to Trade Addicts 10. And let's talk about Puka Nakua for Drake London and a 25 first. Puka Nakua for Drake London and a 25 first. Andrew, tell me. This one... This one screams two people that have totally different valuations from each other and myself. This to me sounds like someone who thinks Puka is a flash in the pan and Drake London is the next God. Because in my mind, I don't think I'd I'd like to think I can get more for Puka than this. I'd like to think that Puka is very clearly over the Drake London and over the 24, 25 first combined. Like I, I don't, I don't quite get the logic there. Again, if it was Puka for Drake London and the 105, right, where we knew it was this year, we kind of know the picks. Like, I get some more of the details in the context, sure. But we don't know where the 25 first is. You know, like, we, I mean, again, we could look it up and yada, but we don't even, it doesn't, it's a year away. We don't know, right? So even if we think it's a good team, I can't tell you. I'm sure Scott can too, but how many teams I've had that were great teams and I'm projecting an early 25 or a late 25 first because they're a great team ends up being an early pick, right? Like, it just, you, you don't know. So I'd much rather have Puka Nakua. I think I could get a lot more than Drake London in a 25 first if if that was the case. And if I'm if I have Drake London in a first, which I do in some leagues, and this is all it costs to get Puka, well, I'll be sending some offers. Let's put it that way. What about you, Chris? So for me, and am I echoing really bad? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, oh, we're good. Echo. Okay, all right. Um, so for, for me, it's. I like the process. I mean, I I personally want to sell Puka right now just because he is over the moon. Everybody is gaga. And I think in startups, he's going to be overdrafted. And I think people are going to overpay for him. I agree with you, Andrew. I think that you could get more for Puka than uh, Drake London in a 25 first right now. Um, just because of what just happened. He had like a historic rookie season. And everybody is just like, oh, man, this guy is – over the moon. But if you go back and you look at the season, like you break it up into like segments, you know, for Puka season, like he started off great, you know, when Cup had that weird injury and he was gone, you know, and he was way better than anybody thought. And I think that he exceeded expectations, gives everybody a false sense of exactly what it is. Middle of the season, he tapered down a little bit. You know, even though Cup came back and he wasn't what we thought Cup would be, he still tapered down a little bit. As we get later in the season, when Puka starts to make his ascend again, it is because Sean McVay 100% wanted to get him some rookie records. And he was doing everything he could. You know, Kyron was out, you know, for a couple games. So he's like, Puka, 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 Puka. And to Puka's credit, like, he took that volume and he made things happen. So I really feel that coming back next year into 2025, I honestly don't know what to think of that Rams team. I feel that Matt Stafford, like at some point, his body is going to break. Like he is such a tough guy and he's been through so much. Like if he just breaks or he decides to retire or something, which I really could see that happening, I could honestly see that team just petering out. And I feel that McVay is flaky anyway. Like he already thought about leaving, you know, retiring, whatever, just because he didn't think his team was going to be good coming into the season and all that stuff. I just don't trust so much there. So if I could find somebody who is overzealous and they love Puka to the moon and they're willing to give me a ridiculous haul for him, yes, I will ship him off for that. Um, but in terms of Puka and Drake London, I'm going to keep Puka because I feel that, you know, like I 
probably get a little bit more from an owner that is like in Puka love. So um, I'll take the Puka side. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sometimes it's hard to think about like if we take the player name out of it and we just say you spent a fourth round pick on a receiver and now you get to cash him out for uh, a receiver that, you know, personally I really liked and you get a 25 first on top of it. Like from a portfolio perspective, I would, I totally would do that. Just let me, let me cash out. Let me take my profit and let me move on and I'll, you know, let me just give me the Drake London side. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe with the new offense too, that's probably what's spurring. Cause I'm seeing a lot of Drake London trades recently and I, you know, it might have to do with Arthur Smith leaving maybe. Um, so I, I think maybe some people have hope or maybe some people see it as this is my opportunity to get out. Um, you know, e- either way, but that's what makes trades happen. Right. So I think I'm going to lean London in the 25 first on this one. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not to take anything away from Puka. It's just more to say, like, I know how many Puka shares I have, and I know exactly how I got him using, you know, the fourth round pick or even waivers. And, you know, now I'm getting a guy that I really liked who, by the way, is younger. Drake London's younger than Puka Nukua. So, um, you know, you, you can add that in for the ages in dynasty. Um, not that there's a huge difference, but, um, Hey, uh, whatever edge we can get, wherever we can get it. Next trade, Puka's teammate, Cooper Cup, and the 110 for T. Higgins and the 205. Wow. Um, yeah. I've got, I've got some thoughts on this one, actually, uh, and a clear winner, and a clear winner. So, Chris, go ahead. Start with you. All right. Um, Cooper Cup and the 110. For T. Higgins and the 205. So I'm just going to, like, for me personally, in my evaluation, like, I'm not high on Cooper Cup at all right now. And to me, I kind of feel like the 110 is way, is more valuable than Cooper Cup is right now. I just don't feel him. But at the same time, I don't feel the love that the whole fantasy world feels for T. Higgins also. I'm sorry, Andrew. You know, okay. everybody's treating T. Higgins like he and Russ. is. Sorry, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody treats T. Higgins like he's a wide receiver one when the best he has ever finished is a mid wide receiver two. Like that's what he is. And you, you can say that, okay, Chase was there, blah, blah, blah. Because rookie season when Chase wasn't there, I mean, you know, he's going to do his rookie season. Okay. We don't know where he's going to end up. He could chase a bag and end up in a team with a much worse offense than Cincinnati and, you know, be uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Like, ooh. <laughs> He's much more talented, and I don't think that'll happen. But I mean, it could. Like, what if he ends up in a place and then he just he's out in purgatory for a while? Ah, but this trade. I mean, can I just not like either? Can I just say no to either side? I don't want either side. To be honest with you, like I, I, I like I'm having a. I really, I guess it'll come down to my team composition and what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, so if I'm going to acquire the younger wide receiver. And then I get like a mid rookie pick, you know, to because I think that Cooper Cup, I think he's done. Um, I was ringing the alarm on him last season. I, I think that he's done. And I hate that because I love that dude so much. And I don't know if the 110 is strong enough for me to like still take that on because in my heart, I'm not going to like having him on my team. And honestly, I don't know if I can flip him because I feel if I feel this way, I can't assume that my thought process is different than everybody else. 
So by that trade, I'll take the Higgins side, but I don't like it. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go last on this one, Scott, since yours is a clear winner. I also feel like it's a clear winner, the Higgins side. I, I, I If you're telling me all I got to do is trade back seven spots and upgrade from Cup to Higgins, I'll do that every day of the week. Because, again, if it was just Cup in the 110 for Higgins, that feels close to me. Like, that might be enough for me. Um, I, it's not that I think Cup is toast. It's just that Puka has clearly taken him over as the number one target on that team. Matt Stafford is getting older and is not indestructible, right, like we've seen. So, I mean, I just I don't know if I really want Cooper Cup as much. T. Higgins, whether or not he stays with the Bengals, and I think he does. I'm one of those people that thinks they find a way. Uh, and again, it's all speculation. It's just vibes. I'm, you know, I'm not an insider. I just live in town. Um, but yeah, if you're telling me it was cup in the 110 for Higgins, that would be a harder trade. And I'd probably go Higgins there anyway. But you're saying I get a free 205? Yeah, uh, please. Like, I would love this trade. This would be the kind of trade I would dream of getting out of cup to upgrade to Higgins. And then I just downgrade seven picks. Where do I sign? So for me, it was obvious in that direction. Scott, I'm curious if I was on the right page or on the right spot as you. What do you think? Yeah, so again, the common theme here, I'm going to leave my player evaluation out of it. I mean, we know what Cooper Cup's capable of. Um, T. Higgins, certainly a guy I'll be looking to to potentially sell, depending on what happens with him. Um, but it comes down to those picks. And I see virtually zero difference between the 110 and the 205. So then it just comes down to, you know, who's who's the younger player? Who's going to give me more going forward or who has the higher value? So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see this being a rust trade going like, yeah, I can move uh, Cooper Cup and get T. Higgins. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I would do that. Um, you know, uh, to me, it's just it's the difference between the picks and the fact that there isn't really a difference uh, at this point for me. And so. I'll, I'll just take the younger guy. Pretty pretty straightforward for me. Which means probably that, you know, it's really the other side that won if we, you know, were to look at these in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it goes, right? That's how <laughs> and, it is in February, especially. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And our last trade of the night, also in Trade Addicts 10, is uh, a really fun one, which I'm looking forward to. So here we go Jalen Hurts, CMC, and the 209 for Dak. Bijan and the 107. So one more time. Hertz, CMC, 209. Dak, Bijan, 107. That's a lot to think about, but saving the the big one for last. Um, Andrew, talk through that one. All right. So, uh, yeah. So Hertz is better than Dak. Uh, I would say CMC is better than Bijan. And then that 107 is obviously better than the 209. Ironically enough, where we are right now, that 107 to me is the difference maker. If it was a 108, 109, I'd be a little bit worried. But that 107, I feel like will be tremendous value. Even if we see somebody pop up or somebody fall out, like I do feel like we're still sitting at that. We know the seven is kind of that that line. I'm willing to go at seven. I know there are some people that are saying it's six, but I'm willing to be a little flexible with things and you know, notice that landing spots will matter. Draft capital will matter. I'm willing to give an extra bonus pick and say it's seven. So for me, uh, I think Dak and Hertz are, you know, let's for the sake of time, let's say Dak and Hertz are like two units apart. Uh, Bijan and CMC are two units apart. The 107 to 109 is, you know, seven units apart. 
So I'll, I'll take the downgrade in a sense from Hertz and CMC to Dak and Bijan. I think there is a world where both Dak and Bijan outscore Hertz and CMC. So I, I think their upside is, is equivalent or close uh, in terms of points per game. I think both are pretty close this year too. Uh, not Bijan as much, but now that Arthur Smith is gone, I think that goes up. So for me, I feel like it's worth the downgrade to get that better, you know, better starter, whereas opposed to the 209 is probably going to be a bench player. So for me, I'll, I'll take the 107 side and, and hope and pray that Bijan gets the love that he needs and Dak doesn't fall apart. But yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward for me that that is a big trade and I, I go the Dak side. Uh, 100% agree. I don't have much more to add there. So unfortunately, fun trade, not a fun answer. I'm, I'm going Dak. So there's only two and a half points difference between Hertz and yeah. Dak. Um, yeah, you got age, right? Hertz is younger, um, for sure. Uh, but CMC is a heck of a lot older, uh, than, than Bijan. And I mean, yeah, the 107, 209, again, maybe not huge, but that seven probably is going to end up being somebody that I really want, uh, and is probably going to push, push into that side for me. So, so easily Dak, um, Chris, you want to, you want to change our minds or should we just end this one with a pathetic agreeable um non-confrontational trade review i'm gonna tell you guys why the 209 changes it no i'm just joking now i agree with <laughs> like i don't have anything else to add like you know i want to tear down get younger and i want that 107 so i agree with you guys 100 well and as herm says my streak of the pod not liking my trade continues and I think there's an exclamation point on the end because he knows that if we all agree, that means we're probably wrong. So good job, Herms. Uh, you, you're on your way to uh, many more championships in your future, my friend. Yes, um, Herms is awesome. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and with that, that is the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. Chris. Thank you so much for being here again. Please remind the people where they can find you and what you have coming up and, uh, and let's get out of here on a high note. Yeah. So I'm Chris Burns. You can find me on Twitter and all the socials at dynasty deviant. Um, expect to see some articles coming out for dynasty uh, trade uh, targets, some rookie profiles, some IDP profiles. Um, there's an article that's live over at fantasyandframes.com right now about um, it's called the dynasty reset. And it's where I am giving you guys a behind the look of, you know, view of me going through a rebuild right now. Um, and I'm trying to take this dumpster fire and turn it into a champion. So um, love it. Check me out. Andrew, closing thoughts? Uh, just glad to be here again on Trade Addicts. I love uh, sitting in the B chair and helping out as uh, as Russ is going through his off-season withdrawal. I'm sure when he gets ready to come back, it'll be uh, exciting for all of us. But anytime we can help out and the, the train's moving on time and things, is always a good time. And again, it was good to talk to you again, Scott. It's been a minute. So looking forward to chatting it up with you, like I said, next week on Junkies and, and ongoing through the summer. We've got a lot of fun things planned there. And I know it's just uh, this is one of the best times of year, but it's also I'm starting to get more trades done. Right. Um, I know there were some people that were referring to things like I haven't had a lot of time to do trades. I know that it's been kind of a crazy January, February for some people. A lot of different sicknesses going around. You got family life, you got work, you got, you know, whatever. Uh, I think now that football's over and things are starting to settle, 
Now's the perfect time to send that offer. You know, try to poke your league. If it's getting a little stale, just see what you can do. Sometimes too, I'll, I'll, and I want to mention this before we get off of Trade Addicts, but uh, I like sending offers to everybody in the league. Sometimes I will go to a league that is stale or quiet, and I will find a trade that I would do in every single league and just in every single manager in, in a league, just send a, every single one. And just send every manager a trade offer. Just be like, here's an option. Here's an option. Here's an option. See what see what happens. So I recommend doing that again for for our you know Big Daddy Russ. Let's go send some trade offers this week, and hopefully we can uh, make some moves and make ourselves feel good about life. Whether we like the trade or not doesn't matter. If you like making it, that's all that matters. So that's really my closing thoughts. And again, you can find me on Junkies. You can find me on Fantasy Pro. Fantasy Pros. I'm still right in there. I got an article I think coming out tomorrow too about uh, players I'm I'm moving on from and things like that. So. Love talking dynasty with you guys. And uh, yeah, just find me on Twitter. That's the other place you can find me right now too. Excellent. Session 303 is in the books. Uh, Please follow us. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, anywhere you can. Please rate and review. Really helps the show. Gets us out to more people. We love the people. We love to help the people. We love talking trades. At DAP Network, at Trade Addicts Pod at Scott underscore Sidlow, at Dynasty Outhouse, at Dynasty FF Addict. I think that about covers us all. Um, shout out to Fantasy Cares. Just uh, nice. got my yeah. donation in there from the charity league I won. Uh, shout out to Fantasy Moose for hosting those. Oh, nice. Uh, pulled off a, a sweet uh, victory that I did not earn at all there. I did not deserve that one, but I got it. And, uh, and my donation went to Fantasy Cares, so I'm psyched about that. Um, love to help them out. And then also don't forget about ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. You can find uh, shirts there and also help support Fantasy Cares. Thanks again for all the listener questions. Glad we got some trades coming in. Shout out to Herms and Frank in the chat. Appreciate you guys. And uh, until next time, Trade Addicts and Junkies. Thank you, Thank you for listening to the Trade Addict Podcast. A proud member Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.